Welcome to another episode of Straight Out Left. On today's episode, I'm going to be giving out my MLB Player of the Month awards. So I'm going to be highlighting all the top performers throughout the league during the month of June. And some of these picks were pretty easy and some of them were pretty difficult. So we should have some good discussions here and uh, this should spark plenty of debates. So stick around for this episode. It's going to be a really good one. All right. Happy 4th of July, everyone. I hope you're having a fun and safe holiday weekend. And without further ado, I want to get right into these uh, listings. So I have, um, I selected one player from each league for each position to uh, to be the my players of the month for the month of June. And uh, kind of just set a couple ground rules on like how I pick these. Um, I mean, I'm using Fangraph's splits leaderboard to do this, and I go. It's a really combination of everything. It's average home runs, OPS, WRC plus. Then, if you want to get more nitty gritty, I look at like on base percentage, um, extra, amount of extra base hits, RBIs. Um, so some of them are really easy. Some of them were really easy, but some were definitely pretty difficult. And another thing too is, I mean, I'm gonna have. To, there's a few picks I'm really gonna have to explain my rationale here. But what I tend to do is if players have identical counting stats, like if both players hit eight home runs, but one guy did it in 90 at-bats and one guy did it in 120, I'm probably going to go with the guy who did it in 90. If they have identical, similar, uh, like, metric stats, if that makes sense. Um, And to qualify, I mean, I have, like, auto... I have an auto, like, playing time filter on the table I'm that I used, but... Yeah, you if you're only playing like forty, if you only had like forty play appearances during the month, that's not enough. So you usually have to have about like I think the lowest guy I have on here was about seventy. So, and if you do have a low amount of play appearances, your numbers have to really justify it. But I think the people I have who have less on there, it does. But yeah, so and also for positionals, it's just whatever position you played the most in that month. So like. uh um, for example, like a Luis Arise, he's not on my, he didn't make it, but I would count him as a second baseman because he actually spent most of his time at second base this month compared to the other positions he did. Picking guys who play multiple positions makes it really hard because it's tough to, to, um, to see how they line up and you're like, okay, maybe if I can't pick him for first base, maybe I can get him in at third or something. Anyway, we're going to start off with a doozy of a, thing i really have a, had a hard time picking this uh the american league first base race i mean to drop some names that i was thinking about it was abreu uh mount castle vladdy jr even uh carlos santana had a really good month um even though he got traded in the middle of it anthony rizzo but uh i am going with ryan Mountcastle now you might be flipping out probably because you see, but Rizzo has 10 home runs. Rizzo also is only hitting 234. Mountcastle has seven home runs and 19 RBIs, so both are three lower than Rizzo's amount, but he's hitting 297 in the month. And he also had 11 doubles to add to that, so he had 18 total extra base hits. Now, uh, Jose Abreu had Mountcastle beat slightly in OPS. It's 964 to 959. Abreu wasn't hitting the ball as hard, though. He would, he had a lot of singles, and he did have four home runs, but Mountcastle was constantly getting extra base hits. 
So I'm giving it to Mountcastle. I mean, 297 batting average is good. 345 on base percentage. I mean, Mountcastle isn't a big walk guy, but that 614 slugging is way up there. And a 168 uh, WRC plus. Uh, go on with the seven home runs and the 11 doubles, as I mentioned. So, yeah, I think uh, Mountcastle has been a very consistent hitter for Baltimore um, all year, and he's really starting to heat up in June, which has been great. So, yeah, he's my pick for first base. It was really hard, though. I spent a lot of time on this. Second base for the American League was also kind of um, kind of tricky. My initial pick was Andres Jimenez, but um, after looking at it a little further, I decided to go with Isaac Paredes from uh, Tampa Bay. And this is an example where, yeah, he Paredes had a lot less play appearances than Jimenez did, but Paredes also, in the span of... Only 69 plate appearances. He hit eight home runs, I believe. Yeah, eight. And he drove in 14 runs. He did hit 271 as well. So the batting average wasn't as high as Jimenez. Jimenez was uh, hitting 333 for the month, I believe. 326 for the month. But uh, Perez had had a OPS of almost 1.100. And he had a WRC plus of 203 and a 712 slugging percentage. One. Um, third place in the American League overall. So while Jimenez had a great month and he definitely did it over uh, more at bats, he had about he had 30 more play appearances than Paredes did. I just had to go with Paredes because he just has been such an impact bat for Tampa Bay in his brief time. So yeah, I mean that's tough. It really is, and you can definitely argue that Jimenez deserves it because he played more. But Paredes has really been a nice jolt for the Rays offense, so I'm going with him. Third base, uh, it's always these two. It's always Devers or J-Ram. It's so hard to pick between the two guys. Oh, also, um, one guy I forgot to mention at first base, Nate Lowe also had a great month. And uh, maybe I should also go back. Uh, my thing with Rizzo is while Rizzo hit uh, all the home runs, he was only hitting 234, so the batting average wasn't really quite where it should be. So, I mean, Mountcastle's hitting the ball just as hard, arguably, and he's getting on base more. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, anyway, third base. So yeah, it came down to J-Ram and Devers, as usual. Now, the thing with J-Ram is J-Ram had a really high batting average, but his um, his OPS was, I say, only 860. I mean, when we're looking at players of the month, I mean, some guys are having crazy months with OPSs in the thousands. So 860 is a great month, and he did well. But the thing is that Devers had a 978 OPS, which is seventh best in the American League. He had two, a 292 batting average and a 417 on base percentage and a 172 WRC plus. And it's um, it's tough to not pick uh, J Ram because he hit 14 doubles, but he also only had three home runs. When you look at it, um, Devers so he had 17 extra base hits, and Devers had 12, so definitely more. But Devers also drove in 19 runs, and he was just getting on base even at a rate similar to what uh, um, J-Ram was doing. And J-Ram, the power numbers weren't quite there. I mean, three home runs and 12 RBIs, it's not exactly... um, It's not exactly uh, quite as good. And yeah, 291 batting average for J-Ram, so... 
um, batting average him. Devers beats him out there too. So by by a point. So yeah, I had to go. I went with Devers. Um, he's been just as he's been super consistent for Boston all year, and he's really a, a super valuable to them in their turnaround. All right, shortstop. This one was actually fairly easy. Um, there's some good shortstops out there. Armand Rosario hit um, 360 during the month. He also had two homers and 12 RBIs, and he had um, he had a total of 11 extra base hits. But Carlos Correa, man, he was he had the average and the power. So in 21 games, Correa hit uh, six home runs and 12 RBIs and hit 342. So not that far away from Rosario's 360. And then when you throw in the um, that how um, Correa had way more power, it became pretty clear that, yeah, my guy Correa was the right choice. Um, uh, 1.012 OPS and a 188 WRC plus. I mean, again, not to knock Rosario, 887 OPS is really good and he uh, doesn't strike out a lot, gets on base a ton, so he doesn't walk a lot, though. But yeah, so Correa, even though we didn't play quite as many games as Rosario, his counting stats were already way higher, and the metrics were way better. So yeah, that's uh, that was pretty easy. Left field. Um, now, this guy was obviously going to make the team one way or another, but he played more games in left field than DH, so... He's in the left field spot, which is kind of bad news for some other guy, left fielders who had really good months like uh, Stephen Kwan and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And uh, even Alex Verdugo. But uh, yeah, you're Don Alvarez. I mean, a lot of other really great outfielders are getting left out here, but Alvarez hit. He hit nine home runs, 28 RBIs. I believe that's best in the American League. Yep, 28 RBIs, way, by far best in the American League. 418 batting average and a 1.346. OPS and a 277 WRC plus and a 510 on base percentage. I'm going to, uh, I didn't really pick like an official, just one player of the month, but yeah, I would be Alvarez. I mean, he was so good this month. He's been so good all year. Uh, Houston did a great job locking him up to that long-term extension, but yeah, so eight, three, five slugging to I me. Mean, that's filthy. Center field. This is going to be a controversial pick. So in center field now, we have Mike Trout and Aaron Judge, and both had great months. However, neither of them got the uh, nod here. I'm giving it to Byron Buxton. And I know it's twins bias maybe, but I just I can't justify putting anyone else in there. I mean, so Buxton and... All, all three guys were kind of on the lower average end of the spectrum. Buxton hit 275 this month. Trout only hit 250, and Judge hit 257. But uh, so Buxton had the best batting average. He uh, was one point below Trout for on base percentage, and he by far had the best slugging, 713, which is second behind only Alvarez, and a 10, a 1.068 OPS and a 198 WRC plus, which is way better than both Judge and Trout. Uh, Trout had 181, Judge had 152, 152. And Judge's OPS was only 922, only 922, even though he did hit 11 home runs, which was most in the American League. However, like I said earlier, Judge played in 28 games and had 126 plate appearances, and he hit 11 home runs. Buxton played in 23 games and had 90 plate appearances and hit 9 home runs. So that's a home run every 10 plate appearances for Buxton compared to 
about a home run every 11 and a half play appearances for judge. So even though judge has more home runs, he also had about five extra games and 35 extra play appearances to make it happen. That's, that's a big disparity for only five games, but yeah. So Buxton was doing more in less time. I mean, Buxton also had 15 or extra base hits. He had two triples and four doubles. Judge only had 13 extra base hits. He just has 11 home runs and two doubles. So Judge had a great month, and Trout also had a pretty good month, but not really that good by Trout standards. The power's there, but the bang average is kind of low. So, yeah, I'm giving it to Byron Buxton. I mean, he's such a spark plug for the Twins, and when he's on, he's on, and it just makes the rest of the team so much better. Right field was also pretty hard. Um, I was really leaning Kyle Tucker at first, uh, seven home runs and 22 RBIs to go with a 2A1 batting average, which is respectable, but Teoscar Hernandez gets the final nod for me. Um, He hit six home runs and 20 RBIs, so a little bit lower than Tucker, but he had 10 doubles as well. So overall, he had uh, 17 extra base hits, whereas Tucker only had 12 and he hit 327. So the batting average was way better than Tucker's. So Tucker had a fine month. Looking at their um their OPSs, uh Tucker had a 958 OPS because he he walks a lot. And Teoscar Nas a 965, so they were really close. And actually Tucker had a six was six points better on WRC plus, but yeah, Hernandez is uh getting tons of extra base hits and He's been, uh, he was, he had a really slow start to the year, but he's finally, uh, picking it up. I think I called him out in my slump video that I did a while back, but he's figured it out now. So Teoscar Hernandez gets the nod. And then for catcher, um, this one was fairly easy. Um, Alejandro Kirk, another Blue Jay, he had the second best OPS of 1.086, only behind. Jordan Alvarez, a 208 WRC plus, a 451 on base percentage, and a 341 batting average. And he did play mostly at catcher. Uh, most of his at bats were at catcher. So I'm slowing him in as the catcher. I mean, no one else really had that great of a month. I mean, you could make the case for like a Jose Trevino given his power, but yeah, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, Kirk hit seven home runs and drove in 18 runs. He ha- he's he been phenomenal for Toronto so far this year. Let's see, how are we doing on time? Okay, we're about the 15-minute mark, so I think I'm moving along at a good clip. Um, DH, um, there weren't really a ton of guys who spent a lot of time at DH, so it's kind of hard, but uh, I'll get, I'm going to give it to Shohei Otani. Um, he, hit nine, he had a 973 OPS at the DH spot, uh, or I guess as a pitcher too, but... 169 WRC plus 298 batting average. That's a uh, good Shohei Otani stuff that we like to see. Um, how many home runs did he have again? He had six and 17 RBIs along with six doubles and a triple. So yeah, good month for him. I mean, Cabrera had a good average. Miguel Cabrera had a good average this month, but uh, the power is not there. He only hit, um, he didn't hit any home runs and he only had one, one extra base hit. So yeah, there's lots of singles. So yeah. Um, that's for Otani then, uh, DH spot. All right. Um, and then this one is going to be a controversial one. The American league starting pitcher. So let me adjust the filters here so I can pull up the stats so I can see them. When I looked at the table, 
it was pretty obvious right away that, oh, Dylan Cease has a .33 ERA in the month of June. So it would figure that he would be the guy. However, Cease had got hit for 10 runs total, but only one of them was earned. In particular, he had a start against the Dodgers where he gave up six six runs, all of them unearned. And while Cease's strikeout numbers are really good, he does walk a lot of people. He walked 14 batters in his five starts. And those five starts uh, accumulated about, um, what was it, 27 innings. So he's walking a lot of guys. So I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to give it to him because here's the thing. Even though those runs he gave up were unearned, he still, when his team would make an error behind him, he would kind of implode. And just looking at his game log, he finished the month with two really good starts. But then the first three were kind of iffy. He didn't really go deep into the games. So there's just some underlying things where I just couldn't give it to him. So I'm giving it, uh, I'm simping for my boy, uh, Shane McClanahan. We're, we're a big, uh, Shane McClanahan pod here. Um, a 1.36 ERA. And the thing with him is all of his starts were really consistent. Like his game scores were all in the sixties or above, whereas Cease had a couple not great starts. McClanahan was consistently going deep into games, almost identical strikeout numbers and a 162 batting average against compared to Cease is 192, which both are good, but also McClan has a 190 on base percentage against compared to Cease's 292. So that's where the big difference is. So yeah, I'm going with Shane McClanahan just because he was more consistent and he was putting the Rays in better positions to win, even if it wasn't necessarily Cease's fault that he was giving up runs. They were unearned, but still. So yeah, that's kind of a, that's one that you can definitely disagree with me on. Uh, and then relievers. Um, Emmanuel Classe, I mean, there's... Basically, when I look at relievers, I just filter it by which relievers did not give up any earned runs, and then I eliminate anyone who gave up earned runs because I feel like that just if you give up any run as a reliever, if you put your team in that situation where they're giving up unearned runs, there's a a problem. But Emmanuel Classe, 15 games, uh, no runs allowed, no walks, only seven hits over that span of uh, 15 innings, uh, 9.6 strikeouts per nine, and a 0.47 whip and uh yeah a 0.98 fip too which i think was really good like someone like um there's a reliever in new york uh ron i think ron maraccio i don't know if i'm saying that right but he had a really good month he only, he didn't give up an earned run and he only gave up one hit but he did walk six batters in nine outings so the um the walks again were a little high but yeah Class has just been absolutely lights out. I mean, I could have gone with like Felix Bautista or Jorge Lopez too, but Class A's the man in Cleveland. All right, so that's the American League. Um, couple Blue Jays on there. I have a couple Rays. Couple no, not just a uh, one Astro. Yeah, I think that's so pretty bound. Oh, and two Twins. Eh, well, go figure. All right, now we're gonna move on to the National League, and. Uh, yeah, the National League was pretty um pretty fun to look at. Um, to start off uh, at first base, this one was a lot easier. Now, some guys like Goldschmidt and Alonzo had great months, but the problem was was that it just didn't matter because the best hitter in the whole National League was a first baseman. So a bunch of other really quality players were getting left out, and that is going and that is uh, my guy Josh Bell. So Josh Bell. He had a 1.142 OPS and a 204 WRC plus, which are both best in the National League. A 695 slugging. Again, I believe that is best in the National League. 
Yep, and the three fifty-eight batting average, which is second only to Bryce or third only to Bryce Harper and Garrett Cooper. Uh, Bell hit um, he hit seven home runs and eighteen RBIs. He also had seven doubles and two triples, so tons of extra base hits. Alonzo had more home runs, but a lo- way lower batting average, only two sixty-five. Uh, Goldschmidt hit three twenty-three and had a comparable power numbers, but Bell was just so good that you can't ignore it. So Bell gets the nod here. So a bright spot for the Nationals in an otherwise lost season. Uh, second base goes to Jake Cronenworth, one of my favorite second basemen in the whole league. He had a slow start to the year, but he really bounced back. He had four home runs and 24 RBIs, so good power for him. 315 batting average and 12 doubles. Uh, most in the, the whole National League. He was a doubles machine this month. And a 417 on base percentage, a 954. OPS, I mean, you could have made the case for like Jeff McNeil, although McNeil only had had way less play appearances, or maybe like uh who else was I looking at? Um oh yeah, um uh Brent Rogers and Catel Marte. They were both good, but yeah, you have to give it to Cronenworth. Third base. Um another player on a bad team, but uh um Brandon Drury had an amazing month for Cincinnati. He hit 333 with a 1.004 OPS. He uh, had a 376 on base percentage, and he was really good for uh, Cincinnati. He had eight home runs, which is uh, tied for uh, third in the National League, 14 RBIs, and uh, four doubles as well. Um, and the thing with them, too, is like some of the, like only four doubles, that wasn't as good, but there just weren't really a ton of other third basemen who really had great months in the National League. So he kind of just really stuck out. Like Austin Riley was comparable, but. He had less home runs and a lower batting average. So, yeah, Drury gets it. Well done for him. And a guy at shortstop, I think, who's a, very, un, a sneaky good pick to be the uh, MVP if uh, his team winds up doing really well is Dansby Swanson. During the month of June, he had seven home runs, a nine, 19 RBIs, five doubles, and a 330 uh, batting average. Really good stuff. I mean, he outperformed Trey Turner in the power department. He's just as much of a threat on the base paths. He had a 953 OPS. Um, yeah, he's been really good uh, all year, and he's uh, really turned it on the month of June. So Dansby Swanson's your National League shortstop of the month. Uh, let's see. Now moving on to the outfield. Um, we've got in left field, we got Kyle Schwarber, who had a monster month. When he gets hot, he gets hot. 1.065. OPS, which is four, third best in the National League behind only Bell and Harper, 187 WRC+, plus, 272 batting average, and 12 home runs, which is the most out of any player in either league for the entire month, and 27 RBIs, which leads the National League. So, yeah, monster month for him. Uh, there's some other good candidates, or kind of. I mean, left field, it was a lot of guys who had solid months, but then Schwarber just really put himself above the rest. Center field, this is actually tough. Um, at first, I thought it was going to be an easy pick. I'm still going with Brian Reynolds, which was my initial gut feeling. He had 333 with a 989 OPS and a 168 WRC+. But uh, Michael Taylor kind of, or Michael Taylor, sorry, Michael Harris. Michael Harris is second from Atlanta, gave him kind of a run for his money. He had a better batting average at 347. And the slugging, he uh, Reynolds outslugged him a little bit, but nine, um, 946 OPS, which isn't that far behind. But yeah, Reynolds hit eight home runs and 19 RBIs. Um, 
just a little better than Taylor, but uh, he had that three homer game in Washington. Yeah. Reynolds has really turned it on for the pirates. I hope please as a part pirates fan, please do not trade him, keep him and build around him. Please. You got Hayes locked up, build a core with Cruz, Hayes, Reynolds, and Swinsky. Don't trade Reynolds, please. Anyway, right field. This, uh, I don't, no disrespect to the guy I picked here, but this was kind of the weakest position overall to pick out anywhere. Um, there weren't really a lot of great right fielders in the National League, but there's a guy who had a pretty solid month, and that is Dylan Carlson from St. Louis. Uh, Carlson, where's his numbers? I lost him. Um, he's somewhere. There he is. Uh, two eighty eight batting average over seventy one play appearances. So kind of low on the play appearance side, but nine thirty seven, uh, OPS, which is the best among all qualified right fielders in the National League. And yeah, the power isn't wasn't quite there. He had a couple home runs, I believe. Let me make this page size bigger so I can see further down. That's the thing. I it's kind of uh, annoying here. Um, but yeah, he um he had a solid month. He wasn't on the field for the whole part of it. I believe he was bound some injuries, but two home runs and eleven RBIs in nineteen games. That's solid, along with seven doubles and a triple. So he's getting lots of extra base hits. So yeah, Dylan Carlson's doing well in St. Louis. And then DH, um, I could have gone with a few different people. Uh, I could have gone with like Luke Voigt, but Harper. Even Bryce Harper, even though he got his finger jammed and he's going to be out for a while, he didn't finish the whole month. He still had a really good stretch while he was healthy. He hit 359, which I believe is the best batting average. No, second best behind only Garrett Cooper. Um, he hit 359 and he had a 1.095 OPS. And a 199 WRC plus. I mean, yeah, losing him is catastrophic for um for Philadelphia. I mean, that really hurts. So yeah, I mean, he's such an impact bat. Um, Cooper, Gary Cooper, just a note. He he, I couldn't really give him a spot because Josh Bell was at first base, but Cooper did have a good month. He led the National League in average, but yeah, he just doesn't have the same power that Bell does. Anyway, um, so yeah, Harper gets the DH nod. And the starting pitching, um, I could have gone with a few different people. I decided to go with um, – Joe. Uh, I was looking at Josiah Gray. He had the best ERA, I believe, of any National League pitcher. But uh, Carlos Rodon, and this might, this might bother some people. I'm holding this against a starting pitcher. But Gray only made four starts, I believe. And Rodon made six, so Rodon had more opportunities to um, – he threw more innings, so there's just a greater qu quantity of good pitching. Yeah, Gray only had four starts. Rodon had six. Um, and the ERAs are pretty close. I mean, uh, 1.13 for Gray, 1.25 for Rodon. Rodon also strikes out way more people than Gray does. Um, yeah, 185 bang average against for Rodon. He looked really good. Um, he keeps the um, – yeah, he keeps hitters on their toes with his uh, great, great stuff. Ten point three case per nine. I don't think, um, I don't think uh, Gray was that high, or ten point five. So they're about the same. But uh, Rodon also walks less people, and the WHIP was they're about the same. Point oh, point eight eight to point eight nine favor of Gray. So you could make the case for Gray definitely. I just feel like Rodon had two more opportunities to hurt his hurt his case, and he didn't. So. 
who knows if Gray came out and he threw a fifth start that year, I could balloon because, you know, it's Washington. He's still a young pitcher. Gray's going to be really good someday. But, yeah, Rodon, he just was super filthy. And then uh, lastly, but not leastly, last, okay, whatever. Um, last guy, the relief pitcher. This one was pretty easy. Um, had to go with Devin Williams. The dude has been almost literally unhittable this month of uh, June. So there were a few options. Uh, Jesse Chavez and Evan Phillips both also, both also didn't give up any uh, earned runs. But Devin Williams has a .032 batting average against. He gave up one hit the entire month. That's insane. To go along with, he does walk a lot of a few people, so the whip was a little, well, still, only one hit, so his whip was only point. Uh, 5-6, not letting guys get the ball in play. FIP of 1.17, so it's pretty sustainable. 12.7 Ks per nine. Yeah, Devin Williams and that Brewers bullpen is just super stacked. Um, Yeah, so that's my National League players of the month. Um, I believe we had a couple Phillies and... Oh, crap, I forgot to talk about catching. I'm sorry. Oh, this is embarrassing. Uh, That was uh, Travis Darno. Um, he had a really good month. Um, you could make the case for like a Wilson Contreras, but uh, yeah, Darnold was on fire this month. A 304 batting average, uh, 1.041 OPS. Uh, great power too. I believe he hit six um, six home runs. No, he hit seven and 19 RBIs and only 17 games. Keep in mind, so. Uh, he had, he had fewer at bats than maybe like a Contreras would, but again, he's doing a lot in his limited playing time. So yeah. So he's the catcher. Sorry. No disrespect to Darnold. I've completely skipped over him. I was guess I was just too excited to talk about Bryce Harper and Devin Williams, but yeah, we've got a couple Braves on here. A couple Phillies, uh, Buccos represent. Um, yeah. So those are my, uh, picks for the players in the month of June. I can definitely see where you would disagree with some of these, but, um, yeah, I encourage you to make your own list and see how it lines up with this. And I'm definitely going to keep doing this throughout the season because this is really fun, even though it takes a long time for me to do it and do all the research. That's okay. Though. I just pop in a Post Malone album and get it done. But anyway, yeah, so keep. Uh, we'll have one of these coming out at the end of uh, July as well. All right, and that's going to do it for another episode of Straight Out Left. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. As always, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple, and many other podcasting platforms. Just make sure you give it a five-star review or follow it or do whatever you got to do to make sure it shows up in your feed. Keep your ears peeled for another episode, and I will talk to you all again soon. And once again, have a happy and safe holiday weekend.